Hi again. Welcome to another episode of our Theme Parks and Recs podcast. It's Chad and Christy Thomas, husband and wife hosts at the new B98.7 Morning Show and theme park aficionados and two who love to take our family and travel throughout the state of Florida experiencing new things that maybe you have never done before. And this morning we're going to talk all about the Kennedy Space Center. Exciting things happening in 2019 because it is the 50th anniversary of Neil Armstrong walking on the moon. Of course, the new movie with Ryan Gosling. All about that in theaters now. We have Ken Appel, who's the assistant PR manager and a real live astronaut from Tampa Bay. Nicole Stott is also here with us this morning. She spent nearly 100 days on the space station, has done a spacewalk, all the very cool things. I have to start with probably the silliest question. When you first got on the space station, what did you do first? I think it's the the flip or the Superman flying that you want to try. And, of course, when you first get there, you're kind of clumsy. Um, you don't have quite the grace on yet, but it's wonderful. It's, it's just even better than you ever imagine it to be. Are there signs on, like, different places that say, if you're going to Superman flip, do not hit this wall, <laughs> do not hit this button? There, are, there actually are. There, There's protected buttons, you know, things with little covers over them and stuff. But we did. We had a couple of the... The lockers or the racks that were in the, the space station that had pretty sensitive equipment behind it, and they it was like plastered all over it. Do not, you know, bounce off of this this wall <laughs> when you're moving through the space station. And I'm guessing probably some signs also that say up and down. Well, we you know your brain doesn't tell you anything about up or down, right? So what we did was we have signs that say overhead, starboard deck, and port. And then number this really wacky numbering system. So more so you can just communicate with each other and communicate about with the ground about, okay, I'm in front of this panel, the starboard 5A panel doing this job. Um, but in terms of moving and what you felt like, there was no, absolutely no sense mm-hmm. up or down. Really, and really cool. I think of the movie, it was one of those vacation movies where Chevy Chase... They're like going around Big Ben and Parliament in the roundabout, and they go, look, kids, Big Ben Parliament, and they just keep doing that over and over. Is that the way it is where you go, oh, yep, we're passing Florida again? Because how many times a day do you go around the Earth? 16 times a day. Wow. So you're traveling, so about every 90 minutes you're going around the Earth, and so about every 45 minutes you get this really stunning sunrise or sunset out the window. Wow. Uh, You're traveling at five miles a second, Um, you know, 17,500 miles an hour. It's really cool. But, you know, the Earth is tilted and rotating and you're going around it so you don't go over the same thing every time you pass you're kind of shifting around the planet as you do it and then you start out say over florida and you get a a day or a day and a half and then next thing you know you're over england and you're over you know all these other places and then you shift back to i don't know how many days it is in between where oop, there's florida again and it never gets boring it never gets Oh, okay. We're done with this now. You you want to have your face in front of that window. Wow, five miles a second. That's kind of like driving with our teenager. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably not as scary in space as it is driving with our teenager. Um, so this is an exciting time for not only you, Nicole, but for you, Kenna, as well, with the movie First Man in theaters right now and the, and the telling of Neil Armstrong, because we're coming up on the 50th anniversary of the landing on the moon, which is incredible. I imagine you, Nicole, probably studied it very closely. So I'll ask both of you this question. Did you either one of you have the opportunity to spend time with the Armstrong family? Or have, have they come to the, the, the complex, the visitor complex? And, and maybe you can share a story or two if you have them. 
Well, I, I had the fortune, I was really pleased to have met Neil Armstrong and his wife when they visited the Kennedy Space Center back when I was working there as an engineer. And I was a, a young engineer at the time. I don't know, maybe it was, it might have been 25 years ago, like wow. the 25th mm-hmm. anniversary or something. And to show them around the space shuttle facilities and stuff and just see this excitement in their eyes about what we were doing at that time in space and talking about it in contrast to going to the moon and you know i was in awe of i'm you know you know i could barely talk you know being with him and his wife and and i've had the pleasure of knowing his sons since then through some different forums really wonderful people and uh and then i know you know that um that they spend some time at the Kennedy Space Center too, and you know, sadly not with us to have helped with the movie, you know, First Man, but right. um, the cast and I'm, I'm sure um, uh, his sons and others have been at Kennedy to help make the movie. And do you have something special planned then in 2019 over at the visitor complex for the 50th anniversary? Sure. So we've actually already started now. Um, so it's actually kind of looking at Apollo program in its whole. Um, looking at all the different missions that kind of led up to Apollo 11, the moon landing. There was Apollo 7. There was 8 that actually went around the moon. Uh, Nicole's going to help us out with an event uh, for the Earthrise, the stunning Earthrise photo that came from Apollo 8. Um, And then just a bunch of different events kind of leading up to Apollo 11, in which we are going to introduce a new exhibit to our already existing Saturn V complex, just to kind of make it a little bit more immersive and just um, more exciting storytelling for Apollo 11. It was so incredible for us to come over and take a tour and, and see the space shuttle up close. It's been a few it? years now. We're going to – before the new complex opened. Yes. Yeah. Oh. So it, it, I've never been on one. I'm so excited. We're going to California in December, so okay. I'm actually going to go see the shuttle out there. But I can only imagine that – when you had the opportunity to talk to Neil Armstrong, he probably said, oh, sure, you get to fly in this. I went in the tin can. You know, just like nowadays, we think of all of the launches that are happening, and you think how archaic probably the space shuttles were compared to what you're seeing now. Well, I never think that, honestly, because I think the space shuttle is just one of the most wonderful masterpieces we've ever built. I mean, my belief is that as human beings, we should be landing on a runway. You know, we should come home and, like, just that little chirp, you know, you get right. on the runway. That's what... People should be doing. I think we'll get back there. You know, our newer vehicles coming up are capsule style as well. So they'll be splashing down in the water or in a, a desert somewhere. And, uh, of course, with our Russian colleagues, we've um, we've we've got that te- technology going on, you know, with their Soyuz spacecraft that's been so, um, you know, just so has just this workhorse of a spacecraft that has been getting us to and from the space station for the last I don't know, six or seven years now um, since the shuttle's retired. and But uh, it is kind of a, you know, in the olden days, the the tin can and, you know, you young kids get the, the space shuttle thing. It is the space shuttle, while not ginormous inside, it certainly felt that way in comparison to right. you know, what those guys did. I look at that film. Have you seen First Man? Uh, not yet. Oh, it's awesome, and then they, there's just this this perspective from inside of the capsule. A lot of times, I mean, perspective is the word that came to mind for me when I was watching that movie. And just, I mean, you are just kind of snugged into it. It's pretty wild. So everybody who's ever complained about being in uh, a tiny seat on an airplane, right. now imagine how many days yeah. the astronauts. <laughs> Back in the day, we're in their little teeny right. tiny the space capsule. suits that you're wearing, all right. of the equipment that you're wearing. Yeah. Is it is it more nerve wracking 
taking off or coming back home to Earth or even docking with the space station? What in comparison? How, how did you feel in that situation? I think, you know, nerve-wracking is kind of a, an interesting word. I think it's more... There's an anxiousness associated with launching and with, with landing as well and any of the major activities like docking to the, to the space station. But it's not really a, it's not really a, a fear kind of thing or a, a scary thing because you've trained so much for all these things we think we know can go wrong that mm-hmm. you're thankful on the day that even when something does go wrong, you're, you're, you feel really prepared for it. Uh, you know, to the extent that you can take care of it. Of course, we've had situations where you can't, sadly, but... Um, the nerve-wracking thing is it's strangely kind of a human thing associated with wondering how your family and your friends are feeling. Mm-hmm. It is so much easier to strap in to the rocket and go do this thing you've wanted to do for so long than it is to watch you know, your family or, or friend do that. And what was it like when you got the call and found out you were actually going to space for the first time? It was very surreal. There's, I mean, surreal is a word I use a lot associated with the spaceflight experience in general, and that's everything leading up to it, during it, and after it is, wow, how did I get to even be in a position where somebody would call me to be a person that's going to go fly in space? And so very, very thankful, gratitude for sure, feel blessed. And, yeah, it's, it's certainly just like on launch. It's a high-five, woohoo. BackstageCountry.com, your online home for all things country music. Award-winning movies often have incredible soundtracks, and many of those have gone on to become country gold. We've picked our top five country songs that have been nominated for an Oscar. Text Oscar to 45911 to see if your favorite made the list on BackstageCountry.com. Text Oscar to 45911, and we'll send the link straight to your phone. And as a parent, if you have a child or your grandparent and you have a grandchild, somebody in your life that has an interest, do what we did. We went over and, like Chad mentioned, visited the visitor's complex. And then we took it a step further and did the lunch with an astronaut experience. (laughs) And I really encourage, even if you don't have kids that are interested necessarily in being an astronaut, just to be able to have that experience and have the door opened for how this whole thing works. And you can ask questions, any question, and it just, it really was an amazing experience. And and Kenna, is that something that happens year round where you can go over and dine with an astronaut? It's actually every day. So that's one of the cool things about Kennedy Space Center Visitor Complex is we have a different astronaut there pretty much every day, including Nicole. She actually comes out a few times a year. So pretty much any time you're there, you can meet an astronaut and go to lunch with them if you'd like. And it's it's one of those places, you know, we think about it. It's, you know, this whole idea of sci-fi leading to sci-fact and um, but you go you go to the Kennedy Space Center and it's cool stuff. That's real. I mean, and I think kids are really inspired and encouraged. And even like you said, if they don't want to become an astronaut, they they experience these real cool things like this. And they start thinking about the other stuff they might be interested in. And they mm-hmm. they see that, you know, if there's somebody like me standing up there in the blue pajama flight suit, you know, <laughs> talking to them about the reality of it, it, it becomes a possibility, I think. And that, I think that's what we need to be encouraging our kids with is this real exciting stuff that's going on, the history of it, 
the the current activities that are happening and then this vision of what the future of it will be and that all at the, the Kennedy Space Center visitor complex has all of that and if you you know whether you're in the Saturn V facility looking at this ginormous rocket from one end you know walking from one end to the other to see what it took to get to the moon or you're standing next to Atlantis on display like no other place, this flown space shuttle with the payload bay doors open, like it looks in space. You know, everybody, I don't care how long your arm is, it's like you're an inch away from touching it. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's just, I don't know, I don't think there's anything better for encouraging curiosity and creativity and problem solving with mm-hmm. our kids. Well, our daughter was in the back seat. She's in eighth grade. She yeah. was complaining I don't understand why I have to learn all this stuff that I'm never, ever going to use. And I said to her, how do you know you're not going to use it? If it's never introduced to you, you never know the possibilities. Uh, People that are scientists that work in labs that create cures for disease or space travel, Mm -hmm. somewhere along the line, they had to be introduced to something where they went, wow, you know, this is kind of cool. And so until you are introduced, you never know what those possibilities are. And that's, I mean, that's what's neat, too. That introduction, I think, it happens in so many different ways. And whether it's just, you know, looking at the information about a space shuttle or like the new astronaut training experience that's at Kennedy. I don't know if you guys saw that when you were there the last time. It's like, you know, this this kind of refocusing, looking to the future of going to Mars. Okay, what are astronauts going to have to do? Or when they're there, what are they going to be doing when they're on Mars? Mm-hmm. And you can, you're not just watching it on a movie or looking at, you know, flipping through a screen. You can be in the 360 motion simulator landing on Mars and then driving your vehicle around Mars. Or you can be in the VR experience where you're physically the one collecting the samples on Mars and then getting back to the rover. Or you can be the mission control person that's, leading the whole thing and you can go over there as this group and just be part of it and whether you ever want to be an astronaut or not i know those same kinds of things that you have to think about and taking that class that you you're wondering why in the world am i doing this and i wondered that too you know a lot of my engineering (laughs) stuff i'm like oh my gosh calculus really do i ever am i ever and and while i might not have ever done that differential equation as part of my um you know, my astronaut work, it was embedded in how I was able to do that. And it helped me solve different kinds of problems, too. So it's kind of the mm-hmm. pleasure is the pain thing. And a lot of it right. as well, you know, OK, we get through this stuff in school and then we get to do all this other cool stuff that kind of derives from it. And some of it obviously can't be trained, like what it's going to be like taking that first step again yeah. back on Earth after you've been in the space station for 90 days. Yeah. What was that like for you? And <laughs> Once you got back home, what was like, this is the other than see your family. What's the first thing that I'm going to do? I'm going to eat. I'm going to go. Yeah. It's, you know, getting back, actually going to space and getting into that microgravity environment and then coming home to gravity again. I mean, it just getting off the couch and walking around. We are doing a lot of work by lifting our bodies up and moving around. And you realize that when you get back from space where when it feels like the bottom half of your leg weighs 100 pounds, you know, and you're thinking, okay, heaviest squat you've ever done. Just think about that <laughs> as you're getting out of the chair and walking out of the vehicle. And uh, everybody feels different. You know, it's weird. It doesn't matter. You know, fighter pilots to, you know, the civilian like me, different experience. Not necessarily the fighter pilot feeling better than the, the civilian. And uh, But then our brains and our bodies are so cool in how they quickly adapt or readapt. But getting back, your family is number one, for sure. 
And uh, on my first flight back, my son was seven years old. And I remember, he, you know, he's standing there when we came back into the, the crew building. And, and he just opens his mouth with this big smile. And he's like, like pointing at this dangling tooth, oh. dangling front tooth. He's like, okay, I, I made sure to save it. Until you got back, you know, before yanking it out of his head. But um, that was so, so cute. And uh, but yeah, food. Food is a thing. Um, the food on station was really quite good. Nice variety. But there's not a lot of mix of textures. Mm-hmm. And so when I got back the first time, it was the day after Thanksgiving. So my family had packed up a little Thanksgiving meal for me. But what I really wanted was a slice of like really good New York style pizza you know, with the crispy kind of soft, mm-hmm. crispy crunch or mm-hmm. crust and then the melty cheese and the sauce because you don't get that mix of textures together. And then I don't drink a lot of soda, but I wanted a Coke with crushed ice in, you know, that sonic kind of soft crushed ice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We call it the rabbit pellet ice. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> and that's what I wanted because, you know, you certainly don't have carbonation up there. You know, it would be one big ball of gas in the middle of all oh. the sweet syrupy stuff, <laughs> right. you know. Uh, so that, that tasted really good. And so the crew support people made sure I had that when I got back, which was And very exciting time now over at, uh, Kennedy Space Center at the Visitor Complex because so many launches are happening. I know the last one was in California and on our morning show, we're like, great, it's a whole new East Coast, West Coast battle. It's all we need. Um, because obviously they landed it differently than we're trying to land it here in Florida. But if somebody does want to come over to see a launch, a, is there like a schedule somewhere of when these different launches take place and where all can they watch the launches from? Sure. So we do offer the closest public viewing of rocket launches. Um, a lot of our viewing areas, we actually take you behind the gates of Kennedy Space Center to get really up close. Um, you can go to our website, www.kennedyspacecenter.com, and we have a launch schedule there. Um, and it really just depends on kind of like time of day. Um, if it's at night or in the morning, whether we will bring people out or not. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the recent launches have been at night, so we're waiting for one to happen during the day, and hopefully that will happen soon. Terrific. And what about holidays? Do you guys do anything special? We do. Um, each year we have an event called Holidays in Space. It takes place the last two weeks of December. Um, we deck out the whole visitor complex. One of our most iconic um, photo ops is we've got this 3D uh, NASA logo it's actually called the NASA logo is called the meatball. So we've got this 3D meatball right at the park entrance everyone takes photos with. But we actually put an ornament topper on it. So it looks like this big NASA That's ornament. Um, but then we also do a different kind of show every year. So uh, this year we're going to be doing a kinetic light show. Space themed. So definitely check that out. Awesome. Thank you both so much again for driving over. And, and Nicole, I didn't realize that you were just from down the road in Clearwater. Yeah. So you went to Clearwater High. I did. And yeah. where did you go to college then? I went after Clearwater High. I uh, uh, spent some time at St. Pete Junior College at the time. Nice. So called. did I. Yeah, they had this really great aviation administration program. And after that, I went on to uh, Embry Riddle over mm-hmm. in Daytona Beach. Yeah. And Clearwater High, just a little point of trivia for Clearwater High School. Clearwater High School is the only high school with two astronaut graduates. Wow. So Bruce, Bruce Melnick is a Clearwater High graduate a couple years before me. And um, there is another high school uh, up in the, the either New Jersey or New York that has two, but they were twins. So that doesn't count. Oh. <laughs> um, the Kelly brothers. But, uh, yeah, Bruce Melnick and I out of Clearwater High and uh, – and for everybody else, they're like, great, I'll never be a distinguished alum because look who I'm up against. Two astronauts. What have I done? Hey.
Well, thank you both again so much. A pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.